Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed, tapping into the tips and tricks of great leadership. And this is for new and emerging leaders and people who report to leaders and want to know how they can influence them to be even better. Enjoy. Hello. Are you a new and emerging leader who is wanting to know what successful leaders do and why they are different to mediocre leaders? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing you inspirational guests who share their leadership secrets. My name is Mari Burgess and welcome to Leaders Secrets Revealed podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're a regular, thanks for your support. I'd love to hear your feedback, which you can leave at murrayburgess.com. Our guest today is someone who has turned her team from a group of individuals into a high-performing team who collaborate well together. She's largely self-taught as a leader with a thirst for learning and deciding several years ago to learn as much as she could about leadership and share what she was learning with her team. She lives on the Isle of Man and works for a major international bank. She has developed her team and now they are at a stage where they're excited to learn new things and how to work collaboratively together. And this is a virtual team as well. There's only one other team member working closely with Christine. The others are all on another island. We'll be hearing her story about leadership, some of her tips and strategies to build a learning culture, some of her leadership secrets, and what she feels is her biggest strength to lead successfully. So I'd like to introduce Christina Hutchinson, Solution Delivery Manager for Royal Bank of Scotland. Welcome, Christina, and thanks for joining me. Okay, so Christina, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me, for me tonight, for you in the morning, because I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and you're in the Isle of Man off the UK, yeah. So for our listeners, uh, before I introduce you properly, can you just tell us where the Isle of Man is? I know there's a big motorbike race there that's very special for people. Yes, the big motorbike race being the TT that happens every year. So the Isle of Man is in the middle of the Irish Sea. So we are surrounded by Scotland to the north, Ireland and Northern Ireland to the west of us, Wales to the south and England to the east. Um, So we're right in the heart of that Irish Sea. I love it. Thank you. So, Christina, Solution Delivery Manager with Royal Bank of Scotland. How long have you been part of the organisation? I've been part of the organisation now for just over 14 and a half years. And always in the same location? Always in the same location, all in, all, always in the Isle of Man, although I did spend six months in Jersey on a secondment a few years ago. Yeah. Excellent. So we, we are just so excited to have you on the Leader Secrets Revealed podcast, just launching as we speak. And I've... I guess I've pre-prepared you with some questions that I want to go through and these are going to be the sort of questions that I think will evolve as this podcast grows Um, but really what I want to tease out is I know that you are a self-taught and a self-developed leader Um, and you've grown this amazing team over the last three years and I want to hear about some of that story because I really do think it is amazing uh, so, so what is your leadership story? So my, my leadership story um, probably started when I was still back in South Africa, so um, over 20 years ago when my first leadership role was to lead a team of 
software engineers, which included um, full-time employees, but also some contractors. Um, so it was it was one of those sort of roles that you sort of fell into because you'd been around the longest and you probably knew the most and therefore you became the leader. Um, so, so does that, so, sorry, so does that mean that you were promoting into leadership roles because you were really good at the doing? Yes, it probably started with, with the fact that I was good at the doing um, because I had no proven <clears throat> sort of leadership experience to to say that I was good at the leadership stuff. So, so yeah, definitely based on on good at the doing, um, and and the knowledge that I had of the organisation and the systems and so on at the time. Um, and from there, I I moved into um, uh, well, but in that role, I I probably had pretty poor leaders um, myself. So in terms of being able to learn from others, it was I was limited in terms of what I could learn from others. So, um, you know, I, I I sort of led that team um, the the way f- that felt natural to me, um, based on my own experience as well. But it felt natural to me, and um, yeah, I, I learned an awful lot from the from the people who led me from what they didn't do so well and. Um, you know, and and what they could have done better and how not to treat people. I mean, that to me was great learning. Um, so, so did you get any help along the way? No, I didn't. I didn't. At that stage, I certainly didn't. Once I moved um, to the Isle of Man and I and I was with the company that I'm with now, um, they, they did, I, I, I was still programming for about six years when I first started with the organisation, but my line manager was very supportive when I would have conversations with him going, I've, I really feel like I've done all I can do with development, you know, with programming. I really want to get back into leading people. <coughs> and so um, we identified a course that I could go and do just to brush up on some leadership skills. Um, and also uh, then a few, just about five years ago or so, uh, went on a leadership training course as well that was for a wider group of people within the division that I'm in. Um, and that I found really useful. That was quite experiential. And I found that particularly useful. And that was really what got me thinking, it planted the seed around the high performing team um, because they covered, you know, that bit about the sort of teams that form and then storm and then norm and perform. And I, and I just had this realisation, gosh, we're, re- we're stuck at the norm um, you know, and how do we get to the performing, you know, the really performing part of it and the high performing part of it. So that that was kind of the thing that planted the seed in my mind of what could I do with these guys. So so there, you know, once I got to that point, I guess that's really where the, the support sort of didn't dry up, but it, it, it just wasn't there. It wasn't the people were withholding support. It was just not available. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in the way that I felt that I needed. And I think that's, you know, possibly just a, an organisational thing at the time. Um, so, so, yeah, it was a case of figuring it out. What do I need to do here? And, and just doing research and um, speaking to people and that yeah. sort of thing. And you mentioned that, you know, and I'm going to uh, credit Tuckman for his forming, storming, uh, norming model um, that you that you spoke about. You, you identified that you and your team were in the norming stage. So you went away from that course. What what sort of things did you do to move beyond the norming? So I, I, I 
I read a I read a book actually. It was a small little book that the the lady who had run the course um, lent to me, and and that book I found quite inspiring about a, a woman who had. It was based on a true story. She'd gone into an organisation to basically turn it around, and she was doing this with an entire organisation. And so I thought I can use that as the basis, you know, to tell a story. Um, and so I spoke to my own boss and got agreement for us to, um, for me to sort out a, a sort of an away day. You know, you've got to get financial approval for all these things. Um, and so took the team um, away for the day. Um, and and we basically just had a session. So I'd, I'd done some preparation for the agenda, the types of things I wanted to cover, the language I wanted to start using with them, you know, that sort of thing. And really just, it was planting the seed really of saying, this is what we could be. What do you guys want? Um, and, and in all honesty, and I've said this to my team, so I don't mind saying it on this, on this podcast, but I, you know, in all honesty, I didn't think it would last. I thought, you know, it would be one of these things that I'd have enthusiasm for maybe a few months, maybe half a year if I was really lucky. And then it would be, oh, we're too busy to do this, you know, and it would all just fade away. Um, but to my surprise and absolute delight, it's continued um, over the last almost four years now, actually in January, it will be four years. Yeah. Um, and, and we recognise it as a journey. So, you know, it's not like we've got a, an ending to this, yeah. which I think is great. The guys don't seem to expect an ending to it either, which is great. Okay, so what have you learned from from building this performing team? What sort of leadership tips have you have you acquired? I think that it's what I've learned is it's really hard work. But I think as in terms of leadership, you've got to have a really strong vision. You've got to know sort of not even if it's not exactly, you've got to know what it is you're trying to trying to get by going on this journey. The, the experience that you want to have and, and some idea of what, what the future looks like. Um, so strong vision, I would say, is really important and really like 110% belief in that vision um, because there are times when when you do think, oh, you know, it's all slipping away or, or it's not going as fast as you want or things aren't happening the way you'd want, but it's just it's a journey. And if you take a, you know, a, a bit of a side route, it doesn't matter. You'll still end up back way, where you're aiming for. So I think, um, you know, it's important to believe in that journey and, and accept that it may not be as straight a line as you'd like. Um, and I think in, what's also important is leading by example every single minute of every single day is that you can never let down that vision um, you know, in my mind, it then gives people a gap to go for. I'd like to think the team's got to the point now where they're not looking for a gap, but certainly at the start, you know, they might have been looking for any excuse to go. This is just, you know, it's never going to happen. It's too yeah. much hard work. But um, And I think also never expecting anything of others that you wouldn't expect of yourself or be prepared to do yourself. I think that's massively important. Um, and vulnerability, um, being vulnerable and being able to say, Actually, I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I'm learning this as much as you are. We're all on this journey together. Um, and, I, and so I think that's been massively important is making it a, a team journey, not yeah. my journey. Yeah. In, in measuring this team where at the start you say they're just in the norming, st- oh, so, yes, just in the norming stage, mm-hmm. 
what are the identifiers for you or what are, what are the measurements to tell you that, that the team has moved into performing and even high performing? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, when I first took over the team, one of the things that I observed was um, many things I observed, including um, lack of motivation, lack of direction, lack of um, career plans and personal development plans, either short, medium or long term. Um, no real knowledge sharing, um, no very little proactivity. Um, you know, they've always been really great individuals and um you know people enjoy working with them and they always got on well but in terms of really working as a cohesive unit that that didn't exist um when i look at them now i you know they might get the odd prompt from me um but they will organize themselves to knowledge share they will um they've all got personal development plans and they're all progressing those personal development plans a number of them have had promotions in that time um you know they they they're very focused on their personal development and their careers and developing their technical skills and um and really embracing the knowledge share and um pulling people into that knowledge share activity that previously had been excluded outside of our team that never used to be part of that. So broadening their, their boundaries now, I guess, if you like to, to try and draw others into those knowledge share um, sessions. But, but I think a strong positivity as well, you know, sort of hope for the future and, and belief in themselves. And, and I guess one of the really key things for me is how, their individual personal confidence has grown in that time. I think that's been fantastic to see. They've got so, the confidence to challenge and and say what they need and, you know, all of that, whereas before they very much act, um, you know, the behaviour was more as though they were victims and were waiting to be told that doesn't happen anymore. There's no victims on my team anymore. <laughs> I, love, I love that. So have there been any challenges along the way? Oh, yeah, lots of challenges. I mean, I'd say probably the, the biggest one is, is has probably been more as our journey has advanced rather than in the early days um, because now they're working in an environment that isn't high-performing, you know, the people around them. So when they're going into their project teams and, and doing their challenging or, or saying, you know, what I need to do my job in order to do my job well, um, that can be tough for them. They get a lot of challenge back or they get a lot of um, sometimes people trying to sweep that aside um, and, and just, you know, use the sort of do as you're told sort of attitude at times. It's, I wouldn't say that's rife, but it does happen. Um, and, and sometimes that's driven just by um, sheer time pressure and things like that. But um, but they are prepared to, um, they found their voice and they're prepared to use it, which I think is, is really important. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you ever have people coming to you to complain about your team's assertiveness? Um, not directly to me, no. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but I do hear sometimes um, via the people themselves, my team themselves, um, you know, sort of repeating back conversations that they've had with with others. Um, I have once or twice had conversations, not so much 
complaints, but conversations with other um, senior project managers, for example, who who might have a different view on how something should have gone or been done or way it should have been said. Um, and that's that's usually my response to that has usually been um, based on my views of you know high performing teams and people having a voice and they're being the experts don't get in their way type of thing you know yeah. so yeah it's <laughs> um, conversations with people isn't it you know even if it does start in the form of a complaint it's how you turn that around really yeah so you, so you've done this in spite of the people around you and your peers not seeing the effect of this and doing this themselves. So what do you reckon your biggest strength is in leading effectively? Um, I think really strong belief in the perspective I have of what good leadership looks like and um, and also the, having developed my own self-awareness I think that's massively important, you know, is, is to be confident in myself, but not, not to the point where I'm not listening or I think I know better, but confident in, in what my vision is and, and what, the, what, what life can look like if, you, if you're working in the way that I believe in, which is, you know, collaboratively, proactively, positively, um, you know, all that sort of good stuff. Um, sounds very buzzwordy, but it you know I think when you put it into practice, it really does work. Um, and I and I really strongly believe in the power of the individual. You know, is is really stepping back, getting out of their way, giving them the freedom to flourish, giving them the freedom to fail, and supporting them when there's failure. You know, picking them back up and and helping them take the next step again. Um, so creating that environment of psychological safety. Um, that any failure is learning yeah. and it's a good thing. Are you solely leading now or you are you still hands-on doing as well? No, I've, I haven't programmed a line of code in probably over nine years now, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm happy to say. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm primarily leading. I do some resource management as part of my role um, because obviously resources need to go out to projects, but... But no, I primarily my focus is on leading. Um, I do a lot of coaching in the workplace with individuals and with teams, um, and and that's something I'm I'm trying to do more of because I believe the the need is there. Um, so yeah, it's primarily leadership. I would say now. Yeah. Has has your? I'm a big believer that great leadership, great leaders are great delegators. Has your delegation abilities and skills evolved over time or is that something you've always felt very comfortable about? Yeah, it, it, that's it was also a great question because I, I do remember from when I, when I first started leading a technical team of software engineers, I, still, I was still coding myself then. And so when you're delegating, it's a lot harder because you know, you know, you know what they should be doing and you're still doing it yourself and so it's harder to just step back. But Certainly since I've started leading um, in my current organisation, um, my first leadership role was to lead a team of infrastructure engineers um, who looked after servers and things like that, which I know nothing about, absolutely nothing. So, so there I was forced into 
having to just lead and not be able to do any hands-on myself. And that was for a good three years. And so I think that really helped me realise how important it is to focus on the leadership, um, that that is a full-time role in itself yeah. um, and, and not even have the ability to get hands-on with the work. Um, you know, I found it really valuable to be able to gently move people to a place where they're responsible, they're the technical subject matter experts, they're responsible for coming up with the solutions, coming up with options, making recommendations um, based on their skills and their knowledge and to really step into owning their skills and their knowledge and being able to fulfil that role. So when you don't know how yourself, it's it's a lot easier to to rely on that um, and, and to learn to trust people. And, and so taking that a step further, as you've stepped fully into a leadership role, which you've done for a number of years now, are there components of that that you've been able to push out to your team as well, whether that's meetings or getting them to to represent you in different ways so that you can then start focusing on that strategic work, that, that vision, that purpose yeah. for why you're there? Yeah. So, yeah, and, and originally... Um, you know, a few years ago, there was a few people on my team who would still try and invite me to meetings that they'd been invited to, you know, as a backup. And and I would do that a couple of times, really, but say very little. But really, it was just to um, be able to provide them with feedback based on what I was observing um, and and to help support the confidence boosting conversations. Like, you, you've got this, you know what you're doing, you, you know, you're great. So, so um, I don't really do that anymore. It's very rarely do I get drawn into a, you know, any kind of technical conversation. I don't believe I can add value in that. Um, so I step back and let them add the value because I know that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they do that now. So the last question I want to ask in this secret section, which is what you do so well and, and how you do that, is are there, are there top leadership tips that you think you have that's helped you do this other than what you've already mentioned around your strong belief, uh, your self-awareness, your confidence in yourself. Is there something outward that you do with your team that has created this? Um, I would say what I've learned to, to be is be curious, um, withhold judgment, you, you know, when 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 things are moving fast and and something goes wrong, it can be very easy to judge and blame. So it's really learning to withhold that and being curious and listening. I would say listening is a a really um, important leadership skill um, because if you're doing all of those things, then you're learning as well yeah. how to lead better. So. So now let's move on to the next section. I just want to touch on your daily habits. Do you do you have daily habits? Do you have a system? Do you focus on your best time of the day to do different thinking? How does your day run? Yeah, so so typically I'm I'm I like to organize myself. I like, you know, my my Outlook calendar is very organized. I do review that every day and just check what's on the agenda for today, what's coming up for tomorrow that I may need to prepare for. Um, so, so yes, I do like to be organized of a very sort of color coded, um, outlook calendar, <laughs> like color in my don't, don't worry. Mine's all color coded as well. 
it does help. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I do, I do like to plan, but I'm not a slave to the plan. So, you know, plans can get torn up in a moment and then you have to replan. So, you know, I do like to plan ahead as much as I can and be prepared for, for what's coming up. Um, and I guess another daily habit is really around how I communicate with people. So I much prefer to pick up the phone and speak to people. The way our organisation is, is um, structured is I'm in the Isle of Man. Most of my team is actually not in the Isle of Man. They're in Jersey uh, or they're in, they're in Northern Ireland. So um, I'm, not, I'm only co-located with one member of my team. Um, oh, so communicate more impressive. <laughs> yeah, so communication is massively important, you know, is how, how you communicate, how often you communicate. Um, not relying on on the easy forms of communication like email and and you know instant messaging is also be prepared to pick up the phone and all the team meetings that I have are all done through video conference um, or or Zoom because we're now moving over to Zoom across the organisation. So um, you know video conference I think is important. Being able to see people and and you know see facial expressions and read body language and things like that is massively important so um do rely heavily on that in terms of communication all right so last section i want to i want to hear about you are such a lifelong learner that's that's the label that i would use so do you have particular books that you remember fondly you mentioned the one earlier but didn't give us the name but also do you listen to podcasts or yeah what what do you do around developing your learning so not so much podcasts, to be honest. It's not, it's, it's, I have listened to a few, but I, I do love TED Talks, I think, you know, and, and finding those sorts of things on YouTube as well. I'm a massive fan of Simon Sinek. So, you know, I'm working my way through his books. Um, I've, I've watched many of his talks on YouTube and TED. Um, and and, I actually and got, I'm going to see him next year. So am I. I'm going to London <laughs> to go see him there. It's about five, six months away and it's, it just seems like forever. I can't wait. So I'm going to go and see him speak. And Brene Brown, I'm a massive fan on, of. So um, Daring Greatly, yeah. um, you know, those yeah. book, yeah, fantastic. Um, and also she's got a great talk on Netflix as well, which I think I've watched three or four times already. So, you know, people like that, I think, really help not just with your own personal development, but also with how to translate that into um, – the, the the leadership side of you as well yeah i think you know that they've massively inspired me so what parting advice christina do you have for new and emerging leaders be brave <laughs> um but also i think be prepared to develop your own self-awareness uh, you know when you when you understand what responses you have in certain situations, it massively helps you um, catch the the sort of um, natural response and go for the more measured response. You know, I think it's important to really understand your response to, to certain situations. Leading people isn't easy. Every single day is different, every single day. Um, but be prepared to lead as a servant you know I love that whole idea around servant leadership I think it's fantastic so be prepared to um be there for others um and and get out of the way of the experts I would say you know it's really trust in the experts that you have given the freedom to flourish and and step into their expertise um and listen to understand 
Okay, thank you. And I just want to finally ask, uh, you mentioned before we started um, the start of the interview, the next steps for you is working with a far bigger team to to roll these ideas out. What do you think your strategy is there? Um, well, the, the first step of the strategy is to is to really get the leadership of of that wider team on board. Um, I think this is going to be um, something very new for a number of them. Um, so it's it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's a it's the same as I believed in the challenge with my own team. I believe in this challenge as well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting translating it from just doing this with eight people, eight cooperative people, as it turned out, to <laughs> to a, a wider team of you know two hundred or so. Um, some of some of whom may be um, slower to get on board. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know, a real challenge, but, but one I'm looking forward to. Well, maybe we'll need to chat in 12 months to get a status, a progress report. Yes, perhaps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See what progress we've made in 12 months. <laughs> so, well, Christina, it's been an absolute delight talking to you about your leadership style. Is there anything, any last thing that you'd like to say before I sign off? No, just to thank you for the opportunity and inviting me to, to do this with you. It's, it's been really enjoyable and uh, something that I've been looking forward to since we first spoke about it. So thank you. Excellent. All right. So we'll leave it there and uh, we'll be following up soon. Thank you. You can find out more about Christina at her LinkedIn profile. The address for that will be in the show notes. This was a great interview with Christina and my first interview from the Isle of Man. You can get the show notes at mariburgess.com. That's M-A-R-E-E-B-U-R-G-E-S-S.com in the podcast section. If you would like to be a guest on my show or know a leader who you consider is exceptional, please send me a message, go to murrayburgess.com and click on connect. If you would like to know more about my leadership programs, including workshops and leadership coaching, and my newly released 10 Steps to Go from Doer to Delegator workshop, please contact me at murrayburgess.com. Thanks for listening to Leader Secrets Revealed podcast. If you, if you like what you've heard, please leave a review at murrayburgess.com in the podcast section. It would mean so much to me. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or on your social media feeds and help others learn how to be great leaders. Or if you're in a team, what a great leader looks like and how you can help develop that. If you know of someone that you think I should interview, please let me know via my website. Thanks. Thanks.